This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control on an entirely new system with a new call-in line. Actually, it's an old call-in line, uh, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 is how you can call in and talk to us. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And it's Ian. And man, COVID-19 has really pushed me out of my comfort zone. I was just sitting here reflecting on that. What happened? Well, you know, we were making plans to go to a local Indian place that... Right. Accepts cryptocurrency. For Christmas Eve. Right. Well, for Christmas Day. We're doing something okay. else for Christmas Eve, apparently. And that's no longer an option. So the only alternative that we can come up with on this short of notice oh, wait, wait, is... Wait, wait, wait. Why is it no longer an option? Because the city seems to have it out for this particular business, or or this particular business has really nosy neighbors, Karens, because... Uh-huh. They keep getting targeted by the city of Keene, evidently. Now, a number of weeks ago, someone went in representing the city of Keene and was like, hey, you people, you have to put masks on. You have to do this. You have to do all that. You have to jump through all of these hoops. And they did jump through all of those hoops. But, you know, they do have a core of restaurant goers who don't wear masks. And presumably they got narked on again or snitched on again. And so now they're doing takeouts only. They were told, evidently, that they have to do takeout only. That they this one particular restaurant here in Keene can no longer have indoor dining, which is messed up. So, new plan. We're just going to t- take out from the restaurant and go back to my place, which is something I never anticipated doing or wanting to do. But- I wonder if uh, they were given this in a written form or just told it. I suspect it was the latter. Yeah, because I don't think they would have any justification for like, hey, you, no, take out dining only. Evidently, though, the holidays are coming up and Americans are planning to go forward with their Christmas traditions, just like they had been every year and just like they did largely during Thanksgiving, although the Thanksgiving was a lot more muted than I expected it to be. I expected to see a lot more gatherings, but evidently the ones who did have gatherings still practiced social distancing and had their little paper bags for their masks and all of that sort of nonsense. It's so sickening. I'm so tired of it. I wish it would just go away. But it doesn't seem like it's going to go away anytime. I just saw a headline on the New York Times, which you can't see much more than headlines from the New York Times anymore because of their paywall. Yeah, their paywall um, was intense. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I think the headline was, Grandma just got her vaccine. Is it safe to see her again? I have that pulled up, actually. Really? Yeah. I'm you not really paywalled on my... It? Oh, on my phone, yeah, because I don't oh, okay. go there often enough to actually get locked out. I think that they let you have, like, what, one article a month or something? I don't know. I I, uh, I went and I searched for it to, to see if I could find it on one of those sites that, that sort of translate, it. <laughs> translates it into, I don't know what you want to call that. It was It's it's English, but it's like other words uh, that are substituted for whatever the words are in the article, so it's not quote-unquote a violation of copyright we we run it we ran into one of these one night on the air and it was bad i hadn't checked it before reading it uh, but it sounds like they're saying that while you might be able to see your grandma presuming she's at like a nursing home i think that you might be able to see her you still won't be able to any, get anywhere near her well, we can pull of, that up real quick and get into it. Because, because of social, so-called social distancing. It's a fascinating thing, that this whole nonsense that your vaccine won't work unless I'm also vaccinated. It, that's, people seem to buy into it. So coming to us from the New York Times, actually, if I can scroll back up to the top of this, now that grandma has been vaccinated, may I visit her? It's absurd to me to think that the grandmother is at risk of catching the coronavirus or whatever. But if she's been vaccinated, what harm could there possibly, what risk could there possibly be? 
So they say the start of a mass coronavirus vaccination campaign at U.S. nursing homes has brought hope to many families, but it may be a while before restrictions loosen. Here are answers to common questions. Well, here are the New York Times answers to common questions. Who knows whether or not they're actually sensible. But, you know, they're they're par- parading around the coronavirus vaccine. You know, look at us. We've accomplished something. It's so great. A watershed moment has arrived for many families. This week, healthcare workers from CVS and Walgreens under contract from the federal government, will fan out to nursing homes around the country to begin vaccinating residents against the coronavirus. The shots not only will help protect the nation's elderly and infirm and the staff who care for them, but they raise the prospect of ending the devastating isolation many residents have felt for months because they're not allowing anyone to visit nursing homes at the moment. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know if it's different rules by different states, but I uh, believe that's the case in some places. Family members are hopeful that before too long, they will return to visiting parents and grandparents, aunts, uncles, and other loved ones regularly again. So the New York Times checked with some experts on these common questions. Will restrictions on visiting be lifted soon? Well, probably not in a big way. Restrictions vary state by state. And the federal government's guidance on what it considers safe stands for now. They already allow visits under certain, under certain conditions. They don't say what those conditions are. Yeah, they must be highly restricted. Yeah, they will allow outdoor visits with residents Mm -hmm. and indoor visits, too, if the facility has been free of cases for 14 days. Sure, but you won't be able to hug your grandma. No. Some medical experts have said that these guidelines are too lax and that visits should be severely restricted, even banned. Wow. Yeah, let's isolate the old people in their last years of their life. Yeah, here's an idea. I mean, if you you can, um, get your loved ones out of these facilities. Absolutely. Once all residents are vaccinated, it opens the door for loosening of restrictions, says Dr. Michael Wasserman, the immediate past president of the California Association of Long-Term Care Medicine. Opens the door does not mean that it will loosen the restrictions. That's just language that makes it sound like progress will be being made. But by no means is this going to be anytime soon, because first of all, they're saying they have to vaccinate the entire place. And there's like certain priorities as far as where the vaccination is going to be, etc. So I don't know if it's nursing homes that's getting it first or if it's the so-called frontline workers. I've heard it's the frontline workers you know, the hospital workers and things like that that are that are getting it. Well, unless first. you're politically connected, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who has received the coronavirus vaccine, despite being 31 years old mm-hmm. and not at risk wow. of anything. Yeah. Her, her own people, that Omar Ilhan, whatever her name is, uh-huh. uh, she's targeting her for doing this. It's like, hey, you know, people, really? old, old people are out here dying and you're 31 years old and you're young and healthy and you're getting this vaccine. It's kind of messed up. I wouldn't want the vaccine anyway, no. but... At least be consistent. To allow visits, Dr. Wasserman recommends all residents of a nursing home should be vaccinated. All staff members should be vaccinated. And the nursing home should have the ability to ensure that visitors test negative for the coronavirus and have been disciplined about wearing a mask in public settings. How can they be assured that somebody has been been vaccinated? I mean, what if I fake my vaccination records? How would they be sure of anything? Presumably, you would have to turn over your medical records to work there. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're one of their residents, they can just tell you to get vaccinated or get out. Yeah, but they said visitors. They, I thought they said visitors. They did not say visitors. No? They said visitors have to test negative. That's what I mean. Okay. Okay, so not vaccination, but a negative test, right? Yeah. So, Which you can certainly fake. Yeah, you can fake that stuff. That's what I would recommend doing yeah. if people wanted to do that. But what's yeah. the point? What Even if you do test positive, 
you're going into a place where everyone is vaccinated against the disease that you have. Oh, but the vaccinations won't necessarily work. Then so what is the point? There, it's. I don't know what the point is. I mean, some would say the point is to you know mass dose the American population with an experimental drug. You know, some would say that. Maybe the point is maybe the point is to just get a bunch of money to these pharmaceutical companies, and maybe there won't be that many people that die from uh, from from the vaccine. I'm I'm by, I'm there not are one of the people, people who are facing severe anaphylactic. I think is the word reactions as a result of these vaccines, and sure. the fact that they contain. It's not propylene glycol, but it's something along those lines. I don't remember exactly what the terminology is, but it's never been used in a vaccine oh, the, before. The mRNA. No. No, because no. that's never been used in a vaccine before. Right. Neither has this. Okay, something different. But Got this it. is like the base liquid, I guess, that holds all of the stuff, and it's I never see. been used in a vaccine, and it's causing severe allergic reactions in at least dozens of people. So it's not exactly safe. Is the vaccine safe and effective for old and frail residents of nursing homes? Well, the clinical trials of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine included people over 65 and results showed it to be safe and to work well in older people. Except for the people that died. Yeah, except for those. But they, they don't care about those. Yeah. Well, 16-year-olds killing that, themselves right? in Maine. I mean, you do expect that sort of thing if you're issuing out thousands of vaccines. Somebody's probably going to die. The question is, would they have died if they uh, had not taken the vaccine? <laughs> and, you know, maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't have. The lead administrator for CMS, Seema Verma, reinforced the confidence in the shot for older patients. In oh, it's working. Yeah, came in hot, too. <laughs> oh, that's right. You said I can't adjust it. Well, it doesn't no, you can. It oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll, we'll work on that. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Are you going to get vaccinated? Live talk radio that you control. Call and talk about anything that's on your mind at 603-283-6160. We're moving a lot of things in-house at the moment, so expect a little, expect some bumps and kinks and stuff to be yep. worked out. But Big changes tonight. All in all, it's going pretty well. And you've heard us talking about Divi here on Free Talk Live, and maybe you've wanted to set up one of their easy-to-deploy masternodes or a stake Divi so that you can begin earning Divi right now. Well, Ian has actually set up a Divi Masternode. He said it was easy and that staking was even easier. But we're not invest- investment advisors here on FTL. But we think you'll be impressed with your earning potential with Divi as compared to traditional investment vehicles. Go to DiviProject.org and get started. You can buy Divi at several exchanges. Or if you don't want to av- adjust the value of Divi, Get it directly from the Divi team at their Telegram channel right on the front page at diviproject.org, divi-project.org. It's Ian and Aria here tonight, and we're talking about grandma, but I'm going to move on from that article because it's ultimately just a lot of... It's depressing. Yeah, the vaccine is so safe and everything's going to be so wonderful, but absolutely everyone has to get it because if you're not vaccinated, then my vaccine won't work. Well, they're also saying that the vaccine might not work anyway because it might not. Right? Yeah, like, it's like 95% effective say, or something, right? right? So those that's their excuse for why they're going to continue to mandate so-called social distancing. That's their excuse for why they're going to continue to mandate the uh, the mask requirements and whatever other arbitrary crap. Because you don't know whether you're in the 5% or not. All you know is you've received this vaccine. That they tell you works. That might work. <laughs> 
But you don't really know if it did or not. You know, how do you know? The only way you wouldn't possibly know, right? Um, what are the odds that one of us is going to catch cor- this coronavirus anyway? The I odds don't know. They're seem not to be terrible. I mean, they, it is relatively spreadable. I mean, the, supposedly a guy we know at one of the local uh, watering holes here in town, the owner, came down with it. He didn't have any symptoms whatsoever, but he tested positive for it. Now, does that mean he actually had it? I don't know. Or does that just mean that the test was positive? Because as we've seen the tests, uh, these PCR tests, according to doctors who I've had dinner with on more than one occasion, uh, these PCR tests, they've, they've backed up exactly what Andy said on the air here about these tests. And that is that the F or the FDA is their mandates or recommendations or whatever for the testing requires it to be at like 40 revolutions. And apparently even this Fauci guy said that if any any of these PCR tests that are over 35 revolutions are just worthless because it's just amping up the uh, the sensitivity of the test to pick up all kinds of noise. Well, I know one person who tested positive. Uh, She's actually got a lot of underlying health issues. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um she didn't spread it to her boyfriend or to, or I don't know if That's weird. boyfriend is the right word. But You'd think that somebody who was that close would be easily able to get, get it spread to them. Yeah, she babysat in, his children in his apartment and none of them caught it, despite the fact that she was there for you know 10 hours out of a day. Right. So I don't know how spreadable it really is or know. even how real it is. I mean, she's one of the people who you would expect to actually be at risk from some of these underlying comorbidities and but she didn't have any problems she's just fine she she had sniffles and she sneezed and yeah. a bit of a headache basically like the flu oh but haven't you heard now aria there's a new more virulent version a much more spreadable version of covid19 that has come out in the uk i did and it means Scary. that they killed 15 million minks for no, no, no reason that was, uh, the netherlands i know but it's the oh. same it's the same strain mm. oh is it Yes. Oh, interesting. According to an article I saw earlier, I, I didn't look closely at it because I saw that and it was like, it's at least very similar to the ones that, you know, were found in the minks that they mass murdered. Well, if it just saves one human life, Well, we managed to kill it. at least one human life with that 16-year-old <laughs> kid in Maine who killed himself because of the isolation. Oh, it's been far more than that. Yeah, the drug overdose deaths, I think you guys talked about that last night, are higher. Up dramatically. They they were just looking at San Francisco, but yeah, up dramatically compared to 2019. So people are going to be traveling for the upcoming Christmas season, and I'm totally okay with that. I bet the government says you're not supposed to do that. (sighs) They are. Airports are seeing steady increases in travelers determined to spend Christmas with family and friends, Mm. and good for them. I hope they're not going to any of these lame Christmas celebrations like we saw at Thanksgiving, though. But you know they are. It's Christmas. Surely they're finally going to hug their grandmother or whatever know. on Christmas. Coronavirus testing centers are seeing brisk business, including from some people who want to know whether they have the virus before attending holiday events. Get that cash register sound effect out. Ching. That's yeah. what this is all about, isn't it? Big business for the testing companies. Big business for the pharmaceutical manufacturers. Whether or not this... Because there's like... The, the anti-vax crowd obviously is completely against the vaccine, and I don't want the vaccine either, but I'm not going to go out on a limb and say, it's going to kill a bunch of people. You know, it might kill some, it'll certainly kill some people, but will it kill a significant portion of the people who receive it? That remains to be seen. I don't know one way or another. I'm not going to make a prediction about that, but uh, it's definitely going to put some money in their pockets. It is. There is a strong anti-vaccination uh, center within the libertarian movement. I'm not necessarily part of it. I don't care. I don't have kids, so... Yeah, I don't either. What someone wants to put in their body is their business, not mine. I think a lot of the 
quote, science behind the anti-vax stuff has been demonstrably proven wrong, but they, they cling to it. Understandably, people have their worldviews and they want to, you know, protect them from rational thought. Yeah. Well, hey, look, I don't know what the science is on either side of it, but... I don't in regard to these coronavirus vaccines at the very least. Yeah. Uh, well, that's for sure. But I mean, even for the rest of them, I don't claim to know anything about one side or the other. I just know I don't want to have whatever that is put in my body. I don't know what it is, so therefore, no thanks. Yeah, the government is subsidizing it, so I'm already pre-inclined not to take anything that they're subsidizing. I mean, maybe there's like this one thing that the government gang would do, they would recommend, that would actually be a good idea, but... I think that they are so, you know, their legitimacy in my mind is so just destroyed, is so bad. Whether it's like the boy that cried wolf or whatever, I'm sorry, this one time they're crying wolf and it's it's like a real situation, I'd still rather just take my chances on whatever the issue is. I don't want to trust these people. Well, we could die. Yeah. But we could die anyway. Right. (laughs) I mean, you you or I could could walk out of here tonight, drive out of the studio, and then be hit by a car on the way home. Slide off the, uh, the road on a patch of ice. I think my chances with catching coronavirus are better than dying of whatever is in these vaccines, having an allergic reaction or whatever. I because I stand zero chance Your chances of, dying. of catching the coronavirus, no, dying from it. Oh, dying from yeah. Because I stand virtually zero chance of dying from COVID nineteen. So you're saying there's a better chance that you would die of COVID nineteen, or a better chance you would die of the vaccines? Better chance I would die of the vaccine because there's no chance of COVID nineteen killing me. Almost none. But it's probably a pretty low chance of the vaccines, although we don't right. know yet. Well, That's the thing. I think we don't it would know. be higher than zero, though. Well, I mean, the va- the COVID is slightly higher than zero, but only like point zero two or whatever, right? Like it's not a very not a very large chance that you're going to die. I from, think from in COVID. my particular case, I, I have zero chance of dying from it because I'm young and healthy. Yeah, I mean, almost no chance. But to the alarm of California health officials, Christmas is looking an awful lot like Thanksgiving. When social gatherings Uh put an already unprecedented surge of the coronavirus into overdrive, the Thanksgiving, quote, super spreader events helped fill hospitals with COVID-19 patients, forcing more restrictions on businesses and pushing the healthcare network to the brink. But even the most dire public health warnings seem to have failed to sink in. In some cases, they are no match for the basic human need to spend time with loved ones, maintain family traditions and turn to others for support during challenging times. Officials have already said that hospitals will likely have to make difficult decisions in the coming weeks about which patients will get the critical care that could mean the difference between life and death. At least we don't have government bureaucrats deciding who is going to get treated. 603-283-6160 is the new call-in line. That's 603-283-6160. Give us a call. Let us know what you plan on doing for Christmas. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com it's free talk live talk radio that you control the only show we can call in and talk about anything that's on your mind with our new number 603-283-6160 one more time that's 603-283-6160 
With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And it's Ian. And we really can't afford to repeat the mistakes of Thanksgiving. Another spike in <laughs> cases from the winter months, from the winter holidays, will be disastrous for our hospital system. And ultimately, wait a will minute, mean, hold on, wait a minute. The mistakes. I remember before Thanksgiving, all of the propaganda was about how. All right, everybody, we just got to lock it down for two or three weeks, and then we're going to have a good Christmas. So, Is that what they said? Th- at least that's what they said in the UK, and I heard similar things elsewhere. It was just that we got to lock down, and then we'll get through this. Well, we just have to lock down for two weeks, yeah, and then everything can go back to normal. But that, that's not what's happening. No, and it's been 11 months now? Yeah. 10? I don't know how many... It's been way too long for a two-week lockdown, and this will ultimately mean many more people simply won't be with us in 2021, said Los Angeles <laughs> County Public Health Director Bar- Barbara Ferrer on Monday. Our but hus- that's true all the time. Yeah. People die. Every single day. Yeah, and th- I don't know if it's true or not, but some people have been saying that the total number of deaths this year is below what it was in uh, previous years. I still have yet to actually look up the flu deaths or flu cases so far this year. Mm -hmm. That's something I need to do, though. Our hospitals are already over capacity, and the high-quality medical care we're accustomed to in L.A. County is beginning to be compromised as our frontline health care workers are beyond stretched to the limit. I don't know if I buy it. I mean, maybe there are some hospitals that are that way, but... I saw a picture from one that was supposedly taken. Again, there's different propaganda on different sides. I don't know what the truth is. Uh, But according to the photo I've seen, it's like, here's a hospital with an empty waiting room. You know, very early on, they talked about, you know, packed hospitals and all of this other stuff. And they were just video after video of essentially empty hospitals. Well, at least then you could just drive by and see because remember, they were actually setting up the other hospitals the like oh, military yeah, the, the ones tent cities yeah, the and tent all that. hospitals where they just like pop up a hospital because cuz it was supposedly so overwhelmed in the system but yet no one used those outdoor hospitals so where were all the overwhelming numbers or whatever i mean anyone could have driven by and seen that almost no one has caught covid on a plane said andrew connors who stood in a security line at la international airport on monday morning with his daughter mika All around them, the terminal buzzed as masked passengers queued up for security pat-downs, airport employees wiped surfaces with fervor, and roller bags rumbled across the floor. Connor said that Mika was preparing to travel alone to Ohio to spend Christmas with her mother. Although he was initially reluctant to put his daughter on a plane, he said he felt reassured after reading about onboard safety protocols and air filtration methods. I don't know how much they can... I've flown before, and the air filtration is not good on planes. We're probably going to make a snowman when I get there, she said. Which at least is good. I mean, she is going to visit her family, and she's got these plans of being with them and making a snowman. She joins more than 3 million passengers who have passed through U.S. airport security checkpoints in the last three days, according to data from the Transportation Security Administration. The agency reported just over 1 million people each day on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, compared with 501,000 nationwide passengers on a single day two weeks ago, which still Mm. seems kind of low then if it's only, I mean, if it was 500,000, you know, last week and it's only a million now, that still seems kind of low for the holiday season. I don't know. I don't have those in front of Mm -hmm. me. Prior to Friday, the last time the agency passed the 1 million mark in 2020 was November the 29th, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. 
Over the last few days, those numbers have started to grow, much like we saw ahead of Thanksgiving. The overall numbers are so still down. Yeah, the overall numbers are still down substantially from last year. However, some at LAX knew the risks. My grandma is getting old, and she has some health problems. So we wanted to see her," said Diego C., a 20-year-old Pasadena resident, which makes absolute perfect sense. Yeah, she might die, so you might want to see her again. Because she might want to see you again, right? Yeah, you would think. Wearing a face mask and shield, C. <laughs> said he was extremely nervous uh, about his journey. He plans to quarantine for, quote, wow. a few days after he arrives before visiting his grandmother. I well, just can't even imagine living in this state of fear that these people live in. A face mask plus a, a shield. shield. Yeah. God. And he's still... <gasps> yeah, and he's still scared. He's still going to quarantine when yeah. he arrives. <laughs> The disconnect between the warnings of health officials and the reaction of those who decide to travel sometimes seems difficult to bridge. I don't know what sort of disconnect there is. The kid is wearing a mask Mm -hmm. and a shield, and he's terrified and planning to quarantine. Is he not doing everything they've told him to do? Uh, That that doesn't mean that they're not going to be afraid. I mean, if they've been... If they have been told how scary things are, then even though they're taking all the supposed precautions, they're still going to be deathly afraid. That's that's why they're taking all the precautions. I just can't understand living like that, man. Right. The, the precautions don't make them feel safe. It just makes them feel safer. Right. So they okay. are feeling constantly unsafe. And so by putting on a mask or by putting on two masks and then by... I know a person who did that. Uh, the person who got sick at work, evidently, mm-hmm. she was wearing two masks. Regularly. When she got sick? Well, we don't know exactly mm-hmm. when she got sick. But I mean, she. We, we have one employee there who wore two masks and it was her. And she was the one who got sick. That's so funny. <laughs> it is, man. It's... It's exactly what I would expect. But th- this all stems from this fear-based mentality that governments have the incentive to inculcate people with. So it's constant within the media. It's constant within uh, government education uh, yeah. about f- fear and why you know the government is is needed according to them you well we have to keep you safe i mean you've got people like george bush barack obama donald trump who will say things you know when they're when they're speaking to an audience about how it's my job as president to keep the american people safe not actually what their job is you know their job is to run the executive branch of the the government whatever it is that that entails but in point of fact as we've seen the federal government's courts supreme courts have ruled time and time again the federal government and no government, actually, no state government has any obligation to provide you with protection. So on one hand, there's the legal opinion that we don't have to protect you at all. And then there's the statement, which, of course, we know politicians lie, the statement from these politicians that says it's my job to protect you and keep you safe. So, yeah, but they're terrible at it. No, they are terrible at it. And they, but they actually do a better job of putting us in danger by doing things like bombing the Middle East and killing innocent people there and creating terrorism, which then, of course, could actually result in killing innocent people here by the, the terrorism. But, you know, all that aside, people believe it. Right when a man in Sadly. a when a man in a fancy hat and a fancy suit is on TV and he says that he's going to protect you, well, that's what some of these people really want. I remember there was a, a statement from some New York liberal talking about how they were looking forward to Joe Biden being elected um, because Jill Biden would be like a mother to them or something like that. that oh they needed, wow! That they need a mother or something like. 
So, so they're so they're just going to pretend that the vice that the president's wife is their mother. I think so, something like that. So these people legitimately want to be babied, and that's what just, they want. Yeah, they're like little adult children, essentially. That's what that's what the state wants. It wants dependent people, right? That's right. why it's handing out all this money. That's why the the new you've got. I know you've got a story about the so called stimulus package uh, tonight. If you want to talk about that, they're handing out you know money. They want people to get hooked on that. And they want people to be dependent completely upon them. and, that, and Because that only benefits them. Correct. I mean, they don't want a... It would be impossible to rule over a nation full of Ians and Arias. Absolutely. We don't do what we're told. <laughs> Which is, you know, why we don't do what we're told, <laughs> partially. But if you have a population of these people, like that guy from New York, yeah. it's easy to rule over. They're going, they're going to do whatever you tell them to do whenever you tell them to do it. And it sure doesn't matter are. how silly it is. Hey, no, you've got the, you've been vaccinated, but you still have to socially distance. You kill, still can't hug your grandma. You have to stay at home. You can't go back to your job. And you have to wear a mask and a face shield if you want to do anything. Absolutely insane. For every cold statistic, there is an equally human justification. We're going to get back into this article from Herald Mail Media about the coronavirus and about America's actually planning to travel on Christmas. Are you planning to travel? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Talk radio that you control. 855 Ah, Already I, see. Yeah. I knew I would. I'm surprised you made it through an hour. Well, almost almost hour. an hour. Yeah. That number is 603-283-6160. We're going to continue giving out the old number probably f- for quite some time, but th- yeah, 603-283-6160 is kinda, the number to call. I'm kind of sad because uh, my mentor, Bob Garrett, was he's passed away. He, he died, I think, in his in his 50s. And uh, he was the guy who did the liners for those old numbers that we don't hear usually on on this show, but they used to play like right when we'd come back from break, they'd play on our network. And so now those liners, we can't use them anymore. Oh, yeah, that is kind of sad. In other sad news, the government put together a 5,500-page bill yesterday. All right, get reading. Presented it to the House of Representatives or the Senate or whatever and gave them two hours to read it before they voted on <laughs> <laughs> Now, I... I have written a, a novel that is about 1,000 pages. Uh, that's actually wow. double-spaced. But it, it's it's long. It's that about 400,000 words. So I have a little bit of perspective about what 5,500 pages of text looks like. And it's incomprehensibly large. There is not a human being alive who could read 5,500 pages of law and understand what that law is about. Well, we already know they don't read the law, you know, the, the bills. We know they don't read them. Well, they, they couldn't, couldn't possibly, possibly have read this right? one. And according to, was it Thomas Massey? It was either Thomas Massey or Justin Amash. I think it might have been Amash. Yeah, here it is. Uh, the Inquisitor reporting that Justin Amash says members of Congress have, quote, no idea, unquote, who is even writing the legislation. So not only... <laughs> who not, presented it? Well, that doesn't matter. You know, who's sure. the person who's writing it, right? So that what he's saying is that if it's Nancy Pelosi or, you know, any of these Republicans or Democrats who's who's putting the bill forward, there's a good chance they themselves have not read the bill that they're putting forward, nor they... I mean, they're certainly almost... 
uh, haven't written it, right? Like these representatives don't have the time to write a fifty-five hundred page bill. It's no lawyers. one does. It's lawyers. Somebody somewhere is a writing a massive it. team of lawyers. Yes, yeah. somebody is writing these bills. They're then handing them to these representatives, who then file them without having any idea what it is that they're filing. And then they vote on them without any idea of what they're actually voting on. That's the that's the reality of this situation. This is according to a congressperson, uh, Representative Justin Amash. He said this to the Inquisitor within the last month. Now, there's an organization that targets this sort of thing called, like, Downsize DC. Are they still active? Uh, yes, they are. I believe they are. So tucked away, we're, we're going to get into some of this uh, stimulus bill for, for what? I, I think it's about a trillion dollars and not even... You know, I'm surprised. I, I, I'm surprised they didn't double the size of the previous one. Instead, they went like by halfsies or a little bit less than that. Yeah, that's so. the point that Rand Paul made. He's like, look, if you're just going to give people free money, yeah. why, why stop at $600? Why not make it 1000 2000 Why not make right. it 50000 It doesn't matter anymore. You're just destroying the currency. That's right. They don't care, though. Tucked away in this 5,000-page long stimulus bill is a new law that severely punishes streamers that pirate large amounts of copyrighted content. Now, for those keeping score at home, I don't think there's any correlation between streaming and COVID-19 stimulus. No, but there obviously doesn't need to be because there's no one side or there's no one bill for one issue requirement when it comes to the federal level. New Hampshire has restrictions like that. But the federal government does not. Well, the federal government should because there's all kinds of crap like this tucked away inside this bill. Well, the federal government shouldn't even exist. But if they're going to exist, then okay. You probably have nothing to worry about. The, quote, Protect Lawful Streaming Act, which was introduced earlier this month by Senator Tom Tillis, a Republican from North Carolina, doesn't target casual Internet users. Now, for everyone Hmm. who didn't catch that, he introduced this bill separately to, you know, find streaming illegal streaming ten thousand dollars or 10 years in prison whatever and evidently it didn't go anywhere so here comes along this stimulus package it's it's almost guaranteed to pass and he just slides it in there and people vote on it and they don't think anything about it half of them probably didn't even know it was there yeah of course not the law specifies that it doesn't apply to people who use illegal streaming services or quote individuals who access pirated streams or unwittingly stream unauthorized copies of copyrighted works Rather, it's focused on commercial for-profit streaming services that make money from illegally Uh, streaming copyrighted material. Well, I mean, I guess it could be worse, right? So, I mean, like, that's not as bad as it could be, I suppose. I guess. I mean, they're targeting the companies that produce, quote, illegal streaming content. I I, I don't know. I mean, it's intellectual property nonsense, obviously. If you own content, I think you should be able to stream it all you want. Well, they're going to say that this is not content that is owned this uh, by the people who are streaming it. So, well, they're they're what you demonstrably mean, what you mean false is, because I have the DVD in my hand and it belongs to me. Yes, oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> you're saying uh, right. So, what they're talking about here is probably um, if Captain Kickass were on the show, like he would talk about. There's like online streams of say football games and things like that. So, sort of live television events that are going on. Not so much. You know, because not many people like are watch t- parties and that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, maybe that's a, maybe that's a factor, but just like sports fanatics, right? Like, I mean, for you and I, we're not into sports, right? I mean, I don't think you are. No, not right? at all. Okay, <laughs> but but for like a fanatic, um, 
a fanatic that let's say doesn't want to spend whatever the hell a thousand dollars a year to buy the you know all the games on satellite television right because like for nfl and for nb or nhl and all these you know different sports leagues they all have their different channels and packages on the various different cable and and satellite platforms i think some of them might be exclusive to satellite or whatever i don't pay close attention to it but you know you get like the season pass and you have to pay hundreds probably of dollars every single year but then you get to watch every game as they're happening live or whatever right so the fanatic would want to do something like that because they want to see their games however not all of them have 500 dollars a year or whatever the total cost is of these packages i don't know what i don't know what they are but they can't be cheap right okay so they find some sort of so they find an online stream where someone who does have the package and the knowledge of how to encode a video for online streaming they make a illegal stream of this Sunday's football game. I would still argue they have the right to do that. Oh, well, I mean, I don't care about intellectual property. I mean, I say good on them right. if that's what they want to do. But I'm just explaining to you what is going on out there. There are websites where you can go to, and those websites will list for you where the streams are. You know, sort of like uh, websites that have torrents on them. You can go and, and click right. on the torrents. There's websites that are directories to live streams. And some of these channels have, like, you know, Bitcoin addresses or some other kind of cryptocurrency addresses to which they will take donations uh, for their services. And then there's also some, I believe, providers out there that actually sell boxes, like physical hardware streaming boxes that can receive certain not so legal streams this is again something i've not looked into personally but that's what uh chris our friday night co-host has told me about so there are actual services out there that do this restreaming as their business now i suspect many of them aren't actually located in the united states i mean if you are in the united states and you're running that kind of business you're crazy because they're going to come after you but you know some of them might be located in you know india or something like that where they get they have like multiple satellite dishes receiving multiple channels and they sort of put a ton of different channels up and then they have like a box that they'll sell you and then you'll pay a, a, a probably a much smaller monthly fee than you would pay right. the cable company to stream it online. So that's what they're going after here. This common sense legislation was drafted with the input of creators, user groups, and technology companies and is narrowly targeted so that only criminal organizations are punished and that no individual streamer has to worry about the fear of prosecution. Well, that's what they say, but is that how it'll actually go? Probably not. And to answer your question about, you know, the people writing this law, well, he just told us who wrote at least this section of it. Yeah. Uh, creators, user groups, and technology companies, and presumably attorneys for those oh, yeah. technology companies. If a violator is prosecuted, they could be imprisoned for up to 10 years for multiple offenses, and they could be fined. What what are you in for? Streaming a football game? (laughs) That would be a tragic way to go. The bipartisan bill has support from five Democratic senators and four Republicans. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it just became law. So it had mm. to have more than you know nine people supporting it. Wait, now was the package signed by Trump? Did he did he sign the uh, the bailout? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it has become. That's why I'm saying you said it just became a law. Maybe it hasn't quite yet. I don't know either. True. I don't see any realistic possibility of Trump vetoing it though. And if it doesn't even seem if likely, he does, yeah. Biden will just come along in a month and they'll try it again. Yep. It also has support from Public Knowledge, a consumer advocacy group, which called the bill "quote narrowly tailored" so it doesn't affect regular internet users. Which at least is good, but I'm still shocked how this ended up in the coronavirus stimulus package. 
because it doesn't seem to be doing anything to actually stimulate the economy. It's certainly not going to help individuals out there who are broke and trying to watch football games or whatever. But they don't care about that. When we get back, Rand Paul has been making headlines lately. Evidently, he criticized Republicans in the Senate, calling them socialist Democrats, among other things. 603-283-6160 is our new call in line. That's 603-283-6160. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website, all put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. Talk radio, you control, take control of the airwaves. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. You can do that at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Ian. And Senator Rand Paul is making news. He's not good often, but when he is good, he is damn good. Yeah. Yeah. So Senator Rand Paul addressed the Senate Monday afternoon as his colleagues prepared to vote for a $900 billion coronavirus relief package, which I have to agree with you, I expected it to be significantly larger, and told his fellow Republicans who backed the stimulus that they are no better than the Democrats they criticize who align themselves with socialism. To so-called conservatives who are quick to identify the socialism of Democrats, if you vote for this spending monstrosity, you are no better. The House passed the relief package because, of course, they did, and lawmakers tacked on a $1.4 trillion catch-all spending bill prior to the Christmas holiday. Really? So the More trillions. Yeah, $2.3 trillion in total here, mm-hmm. all in one day. The government spent $2.5 trillion in one day, mm-hmm. or rather they created. Yes. The relief package will send a $600 direct stimulus payment to most Americans, which for most Americans, I don't think will even pay for a single month's rent after the government put them out of work this year. If free money was the answer, if money really did grow on trees, why not give more money? Paul asked. Why not give it out all the time? Why stop at 600 a person? Why not 1000 Why not 2000 Maybe these new free money Republicans should join the Everybody Gets a Guaranteed Income Caucus. Why not 20000 a year for everybody? Why not 30000 If you can print money with impunity, why not do it? The Senate later aligned with the House and passed the relief package and government funding plan. The vote was 91 to 6, and members needed 60 votes to pass the bill since it skipped several parliamentary steps. Among those, reading the bill. The other five who voted against <laughs> the package were Senator Rick Scott, Mike Lee, Marsha Blackburn, Ted Cruz, and Ron Johnson. Most of those names I know. I don't know Marsha Blackburn or Ron Johnson, but they're all Republicans, and kudos to them for at least doing one thing right, even if they did it for the wrong reasons. Cruz tweeted earlier that it is absurd to have a $2.5 trillion spending bill negotiated in secret and then hours later demand an up or down vote on a bill that nobody has had time to read. But what's new? I mean, is this really that new for Congress? No, they do it all the time. Right. 
Paul targeted his own colleagues who voted for the bill and said, when you vote to pass out free money, you lose your soul and you abandon forever any semblance of moral or fiscal integrity. Well, these people never had. I mean, they I don't think they had a soul walking into the office in the first place because odds are it wasn't their first political appointment. Yeah. Right. They probably have been working at state governments or whatever. So a lot of these people are are full time bureaucrats and politicians. So, I mean, they likely didn't have much of a soul left. He instead called on colleagues to open the economy, cut obvious waste in the budget, and stop piling on debt for future generations. The House voted 359 to 53 in favor of the relief bill. To tell him to go pound sand. What's that? To tell him to go pound sand. Yeah. yeah. The bill combines coronavirus fighting funds with financial relief for individuals and businesses. The exact page counts 5,593, by far the longest bill ever, came together Sunday. What? Yeah, evidently, that is the longest really? bill ever. Yeah, the the second one, I think, was the simplification of the tax code from like 2013 or whatever. Wow. And it was like 2000. So, yeah. The longest bill ever. They set a record. Well done, Congress. A 5,593-page bill that no one in Congress actually read. Wow. So, how exactly can they say ignorance of the law is no excuse when you and I... <laughs> get caught for doing something, you know, something that they've made illegal, like sharing an internet stream or whatever. How can they say that ignorance of the law is no excuse when they themselves haven't even read what they're passing? Didn't Hillary make that same argument in regard to her server? Was that, you know, she didn't know it was illegal at the time and they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, by the way, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't work for us normal people, no. No, no, it's okay, though, if, you, if you're Hillary, then it's fine. Or if you're any of these politicians who are writing these laws, they, they, they're not at risk of being punished by any of these laws. Pretty much no, yep. They're making the laws without knowing what's in them and then we're expected to obey them. And if you don't obey them and a judge or a police officer finds out about it, they're going to tell you that, hey, I guess you should have read that 5,593-page law that had this one paragraph that made what you're doing now illegal. It's absolutely absurd. Senator Paul, though, is also in the news. He He's a pediatrician, correct? I have no clue. He's some sort of medical doctor. Yeah, he I'm is I'm confident a of that. I think it's a pediatrician. And he's weighing in on masks. I thought he was like an eye doctor or something, but I don't know. I can look it up. I'll look it up for you. He's weighing in on masks. I think you actually have that story. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Let's see. Rand Paul, he does have a medical degree. So he is an actual doctor. It says here, yeah, ophthalmology. Okay. What is that, an eye doctor? I believe that is an eye doctor. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, callers. (laughs) 603-283-6160. And I did test the phone lines, by the way, because I was I've been wondering about that. You know, maybe they're not working, but they are. Okay. Uh, All right. So, yeah, the Rand Paul story here. He is calling out some people according to uh, Rand Paul. This is Newsweek.com. The Republican senator reiterated remarks made to Fox Business that there's, quote, no science to keeping schools closed and there's actually no good science to keeping restaurants closed. In fact, there's no good science that anything we've done has changed the trajectory of the pandemic. And that's really an interesting point, and it's, it backs up what uh, Tom Woods has been sharing on his podcast and on some videos yeah. recently. He's a libertarian uh, speaker. I mean, if masks and social distancing and all of these things were effective, then we would expect to look at New York City, Massachusetts, these places with some of the strictest lockdowns, yeah. and we would expect to see a decline in the spread of coronavirus. But no. But instead, there's no correlation whatsoever. Right. There, and and uh, it was Tom Woods' presentation that showed the various European countries when they put in their mask mandate 
and it looked it was like a, a chart of of the time over the last year and like where the infection rate was going based on at what point was the mask mandate put into place and then was the infection rate going up after that was it going down and it didn't matter it didn't matter when the mask mandate was put into place see that's surprising i would have expected it to go up after the mandate well it did go up it just says it didn't matter. Just the point is, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if they it put the mask mandate it. in. Right. They, it, right. They didn't lower it. And uh, if they put the mask mandate in later or earlier, it had no no effect whatsoever. Okay. So I still haven't gotten around to watching that. But I mean, it I, I didn't watch the whole thing either, but I watched a little bit of it. And that was the part I happened to see. So Rand Paul also says that masks aren't helping. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, at least we have a actual doctor and a politician. You know, he checks all of these statist boxes. Well, and he's not just um, you know, any. He's not just the one doctor. I mean, there's thousands of doctors sure. that have similar opinions. I mean, my doctor says this whole thing is BS. And the Republican senator reiterated these remarks, uh, speaking with Breitbart News at a Turning Point USA convention, which is a, I guess, a young conservative group. In West Palm Beach, Paul said his minor health precautions or said minor health precautions as simple as washing one's hands and keeping socially distant have made no difference in slowing the spread of coronavirus. But what they have made a difference in, uh, I would like to add, is making people sad and depressed and unable to feel like they are connected with other human beings anymore, which ultimately is what people need to feel sane in their lives. You know, with the exception of psychopaths, I mean, there are some people who, you know, don't get it when it comes to, like, connecting with other human beings. And certainly some people are more uh, loners than than others. But by and and large, when it comes to the human animal, it's a very social animal. Some people with whom they need to associate. Right. I mean, even if it's just the person who's giving them food or whatever, you know, they're, they're a cash, cashier at the at the store or whatever. You still have to interact with, with people. And now they're disconnected from those people. Correct. Uh, I mean, that you can still see the person, but you can't see the smile on their face. If they are smiling, you can't get any kind of nonverbal communication from that individual. You And often you can barely get verbal communication from those individuals because the mask is stifling whatever they're trying to say. Yep, that's, uh, that's true. So it, it is a real disconnection, this whole social distancing thing. We've already talked about the difficulties that families are having, especially young children being um, unwilling or afraid now to get nearby somebody. Were you on that night where, where there was this story about the little two-year-old that the New York yeah. Times oh, was no, reporting people? on? Yeah, who yeah. said, oh, no, people, when people came Absolutely near. horrifying. Yeah. That's not good. That's not going to be uh, bode well for the, the mental well-being of that child growing up. No, and the, that child is probably not alone. There's probably millions of children throughout the United States that are in that same exact position where they view other people as, you know, monsters. A danger. Things that they should be mortally afraid of. Right. It used to be stranger danger when we were growing up. Now it's just everybody's a danger, including your grandmother, including everybody that you care about. Weigh in on this topic. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll free, It's not a toll-free number any longer. All right, now. It's 603-283-6160. I don't think it matters, right? Like, how many people actually pay tolls for long distance these days? I don't. If you're calling on a cell phone, there haven't been long distance charges on cell phones for 15 years. Yeah. If not Even longer. most landlines don't have... I mean, most people have internet phones anyway. 
But even your common landline, I don't think, is going to continue charging you for long distance unless you have some sort of legacy plan that you've never updated. And there's a lot of people like that out there. So, you know, beware if you're calling a long distance number from a landline, you still might get charged. But if if you're calling from a cell phone, which probably 90% of our callers do, you're probably good to go. And like you said, most phone plans these days include long distance. So My phone plan includes international calls. For whatever that's worth. I've never wow. had need to make one. I mean, they charge me for that each month. But So, breaking news, or sort of breaking news, Trump calls the COVID relief bill unsuitable and demands Congress add bigger stimulus payments. <laughs> he, maybe he's backing Rand Paul on this one. You know what? Yes, let's just give everyone 30000 a year. Let's do it. President Donald Trump, in a stunning Tuesday night tweet, called the, because this is how law is done now, Donald Trump tweets, and that's a veto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he called the $900 billion COVID relief package passed by Congress an unsuitable disgrace. He urged lawmakers to make a number of changes to the measure, <laughs> including bigger direct payments to individuals and families. You know, I mean, I, I'm not in favor of welfare, but ultimately... I would rather individuals get it than corporations. Yeah, I mean, this is actually a smart move on Trump's part. I mean, obviously, he's on his way out. So it doesn't really matter either way. Like you said, they're just going to do something different when Biden gets in and then Biden will probably sign it. Um, so there's going to be some people that are mad at him because they wanted their $600 check. But, you know, they want the, the people want things right now. Right. Like so they want their $600 payment right now, even though he's saying he wants the amount to be larger. So technically that would be good if it did become larger. And maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Maybe they'll override his veto. You know, that's also a possibility. Well, it's very confusing. I'm told that Trump vetoed it, but that may or may not be true. CNBC says that Trump did not threaten a veto. He had been expected to sign the legislation into law, but Hmm. evidently now he's sending it back. So maybe he did veto it. It's confusing. President Trump, in a stunning Tuesday night tweet, called it we that we already went over that. Trump also suggested that his administration might be the next administration, despite his loss to President-elect Joe Biden. <laughs> the relief legislation passed by Congress Monday. Have you heard about the 60,000 or so Trump supporters that are planning a second inauguration for Trump? No, I was wondering when they were going to talk about that, because that, that was what the... Um there was like a, a left-wing conspiracy theorist who was saying something about that um, on, I think it was like CNN a month or two ago. That they yeah, were I remember worried, that. Yeah, yeah, they were worried that Trump was going to have a shadow inauguration uh, or sort of a secondary inauguration where Trump is inaugurated as the new president at the same time that Biden is inaugurated as the new president, which could cause a bit of uh, frustration for certain people and uh, confusion for others. And you know what? If that actually happens, if Trump shows up I don't, to this see, inauguration— See, that's the thing. I don't think Trump would actually show up to it. But if he does, oh, man, I'm gonna, that is going to be one glorious day. If he does, it really will. It would be an amazing thing because it essentially is saying that there are two, two clear groups in this country, one which does not recognize Joe Biden as the new president and recognizes Trump— and then the other that recognizes Biden as the president. And that would suggest that this country's heading for a schism that it cannot avoid. And you know what? I would applaud. I would happened. as well. The president's tweet, which included a video of him discussing what he considered the bill's many flaws, including funding headed overseas, like the $100,000, I think it was, that is going to Pakistan for gender studies or gender programs or some some sort of nonsense. 
The foreign aid provisions are part of a $1.4 trillion measure to keep the government funded, which was paired with the COVID relief bill. Trump did not threaten a veto in the video, and he had been expected to sign the legislation into law. The legislation passed both houses of Congress with veto-proof majorities. Okay. I am asking Congress to amend this bill and increase the ridiculously low 600 to 2000 or 4000 for a couple, Trump said in the video. You're not, you're not wrong. That's a brilliant move on his part, mm-hmm. especially if he knows they're going to pass it anyway because right. they can override his veto, saying, no, look, you need to treat the American people better. Mm-hmm. You need to give them more money. The American people, the average ones who are going to eat this crap up, they are going to love this. Spokesman- yeah, but like you said, it's a veto-proof majority, so... He can easily be overridden. Yeah, and that's what I would expect. I didn't expect it to veto it, though. Oh, mm-hmm. and it's unclear whether or not he has. The package includes increased jobless benefits, more small business loans, a direct payment of $600 to individuals, and funds to help distribute COVID-19 vaccines, among other things. I believe also unemployment of $300 a week. Yes, bonus. down from 600 right. Or is it Everything's going been up halved. To- okay. So, yeah, it was 600 on the first uh, giveaway bill earlier this year. Now it's 300 per week for the unemployment bonus, and it was 1200 for the stimulus checks. Now it's 600 And yeah, the but- bill itself is about half the size as well, as far as not the length, but the bill's spending is, is a little bit is less than the previous one, which we I was surprised ask- by. Which should make us ask ourselves, why is it so incredibly long then? Someone pointed out at yeah. dlive.lrn.fm that Trump should sit on the bill until he personally has read all 6,000 pages. <laughs> well, that's an interesting point, because if he doesn't veto it, how long does it sit with him? Because there's usually a timeout, right, like on some of these things. And I don't know how it works with the federal government, but I know that in, in New Hampshire, I don't know how it works. But there's like a certain time frame where if the representatives pass a thing, the governor can choose to do nothing. And then the thing will pass on its own. But there's also another time frame where if the representatives pass a thing and the governor does nothing, then the bill fails. So I'm not sure how that all shakes out or if there are similar things at the federal government level. But presumably Trump has the bill for some amount of time. But that's an interesting um, idea is to just just bide his time, essentially. So lawmakers were seeking to avoid the expiration of unemployment programs that would cause one I can't tell if that's 1.2 or 12 million people to lose benefits the day after Christmas. They also sought to keep an eviction moratorium from lapsing. Without that, tens of millions of people could lose their homes at the end of the month. The size of direct payments were a key sticking point in the final bill, which came after months of failed talks and false starts. I'm honestly shocked. I didn't expect to ever see another stimulus package, including this year. I, d- I just didn't expect to ever see one. Not, th- not one that included direct payments to Americans. They have to include that, so it makes the it makes it look like they're doing something. And Otherwise, that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, six hundred dollars is not going to do anything unless it's a jump you, change. Unless you take my advice and use that money to buy Bitcoin, which if you did yeah. that back in May, and I'm not a financial advisor, nope. but if you did that back in May, then the amount of Bitcoin that you would have purchased would be roughly about two hundred and two point five times what it was then. So not I would recommend. Bad. If you get this $600 check... It did better than gold. Significantly better. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin, it's almost at 24000 right now, last I looked. So, I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's still climbing. So, it's they were exciting. pushing for $1,200 for individuals, which would have matched what the government sent people earlier this year. But, of course, that didn't happen. It's unclear whether or not Trump is actually going to veto this bill. But, you know, it doesn't really matter whether or not he does. It's a veto-proof majority. It'll just go back to the House and they'll override the veto. And this will become law anyway. But Trump will have made some virtue signaling points with people saying, hey, you should give the American people more money, not the corporations. 
603-283-6160 is the new call-in number. That's 603-283-6160. Give us a call. What do you think? Is this the biggest mass looting in American history? Having taken her father's throne, Sarah Calhoun has fallen out with one of her best allies, and her brother Nathaniel heads into Imperial Philadelphia with a reckless plan. Her uncle Thomas, armed with new powers and new allies, aims to remove Sarah from her throne and from the world of the living to survive and to gain the strength she needs to fight an impossible war. Sarah must unite the Mound Builder Kings to enact an ancient rite that will propel her beyond mortality. Servant Daughter by T.J. Butler is the newest entry in the Dragon Award-winning Witchy War series from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in to talk about anything that's on your mind. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160 is the new call-in line. With you tonight, it's Aria. Hey, it's Ian. And Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. We were just discussing it, and we cannot recommend Bitcoin more highly or Bitcoin Cash. I wish I didn't have to recommend Bitcoin because actually using it is really terrible. It is. I mean, buying it and holding on to it is what most people do now. Um, and if you actually go to try to spend it, I spent $10 yesterday to send some Bitcoin to somebody. $10 yeah. was the network fee. I think earlier today it was $7 for next block. I mean, that, yeah. that's just insane. This wasn't even ne- next block. It was second block. Oh, my God. That's so, even yeah. worse then. Yep. I don't even know. I didn't even look at what next block would have cost. Jesus. Well, if you want to learn about Bitcoin Cash, which is an actual usable alternative yeah. to Bitcoin, just go to Bitcoin.com. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. They'll fill you in on everything you need to know, the basics of cryptocurrency means you no longer have an excuse for ignoring this important world-changing information. And if you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com to get the latest headlines of all the news relevant to you. Or if you want to acquire Bitcoin Cash, you can do that at local.bitcoin.com, where you can buy actual Bitcoin Cash and actually use it as a currency the way it's meant to be. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news all on a slick and easy-to-use website, Bitcoin.com. Now, Dr. Rand Paul, because I want to stress his credentials here, but really I'm picking and choosing which doctors I want to hear because this doctor is saying something that I like, so this is the one who I support, right? (laughs) I don't know what the truth is. I have one doctor saying one thing, one doctor saying another thing, and just like everyone else, I'm just going to pick the doctor who's saying what I want to hear. Well, there's some of the doctors are working for the government. Rand Paul is among them. That's true, but One he's not another. working for them as a doctor, right? So Rand ah, Paul is true. a Rand Paul is a representative, so called, or sorry, he's a senator. He is not a government doctor. He's not on the payroll to be a doctor for the government. He's not toting water for whatever the official government line is. So his opinion is going to be very different from the official government goon doctors. Excellent point. And but he's still part of the system, so he, he has is. just as much invested in maintaining the power structures as any of the others. The only thing is with oh, of course. Rand Paul is that he does have this this little libertarian streak in him that occasionally shines through. I suspect it's probably a little larger than than we might think it is. But yeah, he's he's pushing it down so I think he can play the game. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Which yeah, I don't support that personally, but it's not my life. 
But he's now come out saying that, you know, none of this crap that we've been doing, the lockdowns, the mandates, the social distancing, the masks, none of it is actually working. That's correct. In fact, uh, according to an interview he did here, uh, Newsweek reporting on a discussion he had with Breitbart News, he uh, practiced ophthalmology for 18 years before becoming a senator in 2010. So it's actually been a decade that he's been there. Ridiculed government mandates and just about any other public health measure taken place since the start of the pandemic in March. Previous reports have noted that Paul's medical certification is contested by some national ophthalmology board members. So apparently they're trying to say he's not even he shouldn't even be a doctor. He warned young Americans their high school graduation ceremonies and possibly their 10 year wedding anniversaries a decade from now will be banned by the government if we're not careful to protect our individual freedoms today. He said, quote, every one of the mandates and you look in the country, uh, you look in country after country, state after state. You look at when the mask mandates went in. The incidents went up exponentially after the mandates. Restaurants. Nobody can eat in a restaurant. There's no science behind any of that. Paul told Breitbart's editor in chief who mocked masks as quote face diapers unquote now i think that means the editor-in-chief mocked the masks as face diapers not not Rand. sounds like Rand paul may have been watching tom woods lately it does sound that way uh regardless of his remarks this is now newsweek speaking here the federal government that employs him does not agree with his anti-mask sentiment and then they go on to parrot uh the current recommendations well strictly speaking the federal government doesn't employ Rand paul they they pay him but he's not their boss i mean they're not his boss correct uh the so then and again they go on they then blather about what the u.s department of health and human services and the cdc say paul embraced breitbart's mockery of wearing masks noting later in the interview quote it's like wearing your underwear you might as well cut your underwear up and wear your underwear's protection it doesn't work he said none of it really makes any sense he said further and there's no epidemiological evidence you know it's like wash your hands stand six feet apart there's no evidence that that slowed down the spread the trajectory of the virus hasn't been altered at all by any of these things but there's a lot that has been altered by these things as we were talking about earlier including the relationships that humans have with one another that has been I'm not going to say it's going to be impossible to repair that damage, but it's a lot of damage, and it's especially going to be damaging to the elderly at the end of their lives, where they can't see their their friends or their family members anymore, which is terrifyingly sad for those for those people. And then for these young children who are growing up, especially the ones that are too young to remember anything else. It's one thing if you were you know 16 last year and you're 17 this year and you've had a full socialized you know socialized life of knowing people yeah. um, up until this point. It's a whole other thing if you were two last year or one, and then you know you're now in this world of mask madness. What is that going to do to these kids? Yeah, it's the two-year-olds, the three-year-olds, and maybe up to the five or six-year-olds, the ones who hadn't even had a normal year of school those are the ones who worry me because there is no repairing the level of trauma that is being done to these children i mean two-year-olds are saying oh no people and they're meaning it sincerely there is no way to undo that it's going to be with that two-year-old for even as an adult they're going to carry this fear with them about other people now there is an interesting story that you and i both picked uh as show prep tonight that talks about sort of the pendulum swing Right. So when, you know, we see in society things change over time, right, whether it's government mandated or or not or whatever, it's just over time. uh, There's different trends. 
And so, you know, in the past, you couldn't go to the beach and, you know, wear a bikini, right? That would have been bad. But now, you know, the bikinis are so tiny that you can barely even see them. Um, And then things start to move in a different direction, right? So uh, so what's going to happen? What's the pendulum swing going to be like on this, where people have been forced apart? Are they then going to come together in a way that is more dangerous than ever before meaning you know is the pendulum swing back going to be a reaction of complete um hedonism without regard for you know sexual safety you know uh condoms or whatever kind of std protection are we going to see a huge upswing in unsafe behavior sexually as a result of this there's a story about that coming up i think there is. I mean, we can get into it now if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's pretty much what Rand Paul has to say there, and he's right about that. So according to, to, the, yes, to the New York Post, a sex-crazed Roaring Twenties awaits post-pandemic, according to a Yale professor. That's funny that it happens to be the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last pandemic was in the... 1918, right? Yeah. So yeah. it seems about right. Sex, sacrilege, and spending awaits society on the other side of the coronavirus pandemic. So says Yale professor Dr. Nicholas Christakis in his new book with an absurdly long title, Jesus Dude, Apollo's Arrow, The Profound and Enduring Impact of Coronavirus on the Way We Live. Someone should have sent that to an editor. According to Christakis, who is also a social, social epidemiologist, society will make up for lost time as soon as it's safe to, with hedonism quickly replacing conservative socializing, but that reversal remains years away. I, for one, look forward to the sex-crazed 20s. <laughs> During epidemics, you get increases. Are you having a dry spell? No. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of people probably are because uh-huh. they're, they're terrified to actually meet up with people, and I'm not. Didn't you, I don't know if we should talk about this on the air, but didn't you have somebody meet with you that wanted to, like, wear a mask during sex? Yes, they did. And I threw them out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> During epidemics, you get increases in religious... Religi- oh, hold on. Before you go on. <laughs> okay. They're actually telling people, or at least we reported on this earlier this year. I haven't seen much about it since then. But they were actually telling people that if they're going to have sex, to not look at the person. Yeah, there have been some really strange guidelines. Yeah. More fun stories about this. This was someone I had you know, been with several times. Yeah. They didn't want to wear protection, right? They're more concerned about <laughs> COVID-19 than they are the risk of HIV oh and gonorrhea God. and syphilis and whatever. It's, wow. It's absolutely insane. is the call in line. Give us a call. What do you think? This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and you can call in and talk about anything that's on your mind. 603-283-6160 is the new call-in number. 603-283-6160. With you in the studio, it's Aria and Ian, and AnyPay 2.0 is here, and crypto payments are now faster than ever. That is, if you're using the Edge wallet, Handcash, Bitcoin.com, or Dash wallets. In those cases, your experiences will be smooth, but some wallets aren't ready for the impressive new technology, and these wallet programmers need to hear from you, the wallet users. Visit AnyPayInc.com slash upgrade to learn why some popular wallets are incompatible with AnyPay 2.0, and reach out to the wallet programmers and encourage them to make payments perfect at anypayinc.com slash upgrade. That's anypayinc.com slash upgrade. Lately, I've been finding myself hitting an AnyPay QR code pretty much every day of the last several 
months. It's great. We live here in New Hampshire, in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, so we actually it, live in the crypto mecca. And there's very high rates of adoption here. There's a uh, convenience store that is opening right next door to my house. Yeah. It couldn't possibly be more convenient. <laughs> like, literally, I wake up and go over there and buy a monster, and it's just, here's the QR code thing. So, I'm still half asleep doing this. It's, it's wonderful. Crypto Mecca, that's Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah, we've got three convenience stores that take crypto here. I'm hoping to get a fourth in the near future. Ooh. No one ever knows, man, but yeah. I'm trying. And they, well, there's actually a fourth, there's actually a store. That has a crypto vending machine at it, but does not take crypto. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Jake's five star. Well, let's go to so the phone. they've got to be a hot prospect. Sorry, go ahead. That's excellent point. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. We've got James from Arizona calling. James, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yes. Our inaugural caller. Oh, I need to actually put him on the, on the air. No, I did. James, I mean, are you with did. us? He should be there. He's you done there. talking, drag queen James. Are you starting talking? Why would anybody need to worry about getting syphilis or HIV from you? They don't, but they don't know that. <laughs> you brought it up. I didn't yeah, make I mean, that up. I'm you not, mentioned it. I'm not worried about giving okay. it to anyone, but asking, they should they be worried about getting it. Good to know. Okay. Good to know your audience. Nobody has to worry about getting HIV or syphilis from uh, James. What's, how do you pronounce your last name again? Who are you talking to? <laughs> Demetso. James, which it says in your birth certificate. Why Aria Demetso. Like Why don't you respect somebody's chosen name, man? Why are you so rude? I'm, the government that you love actually has second, decided that my name is Mr. Bernard Freeman, are you just acknowledging that uh, Aria's real name is James? No, Aria's Why real name, rude? her legal name, hey, is Aria Demetso. It's her legal name. I call him what his mom and dad call him. Is that so offensive? Yeah, they're jerks from what I oh, understand. Okay, yeah. One of them's dead, so That's, she's not calling me anything. Okay. okay. Is that all you wanted, James, or did you have a point it's to make? It's so lame. Didn't Wait, you no, have something I, new to say? You know, it's just the same old crap. I've never said anything on Free Talk Live, and now you're making fun of me for having said something. Do you, Are you going to cry? Call you your name. <laughs> call you your name. Are you, are you drunk? <laughs> James, do you have a point? Do I have nope. a point? Just like I'm in, just saying being in something that you're talking over that you don't like. The well, truth. We keep pausing okay, to give you're you. You're making fun of me for calling. This you is a your guy great truth. When this is your big truth for the fun night. Of me. You're making me. You're making fun of me for calling you a guy. When 100 percent of the live studio audience that doesn't know what you look like. The 100 percent of them audience. assume you're a guy. I don't care what people assume, James. People keep on calling. Why you do you sheep. care so much, That's dude? Fine. That's a fair question. Why do I'm, you care so much, why James? Why do I care? Yeah. About the truth, <laughs> dude. You're a guy. And I understand. Tell, tell you otherwise, it's a lie. So why do, do you want to be with a man? Is that not enough for you do, to? Do you want to be with you know a man? What? I never thought about it that James. way. You're right. Of course, you're thinking right, about James? it that way. What That's am I, why you're constantly you thinking about her unit. Answer, but you don't have any comment. What am I right about? You just told me I'm right. What am I right about? That you're a guy. You what is that, that even? You're a guy. You're right about that. It she, depends. One hundred percent right about that. Does she have a penis? So yes. So what? Let's tell the truth. What do you care about what I say? When somebody calls yourself a she when you're not, what, what do you That's care? That's not right. That's called a lie. 
What do you care? I don't know, do Aria. It's like away. something with, with these guys that are just absolutely obsessed over you. They come into the DLive chat room, too, right? They do, like, quite a lot. Or Twitch or whatever. I think it seems like more on, G- on DLive. And they're just constantly talking about your gender. And it's like, really? Is that what you think of? Like, if you see a... A, a sheet mail, you use that term, sheet mail. Sure. If you see somebody out there who is presenting themselves and dressing as a woman, but, you know, you can kind of tell they probably were born a guy, mm-hmm. um, do you just constantly think about their penis? Is that like what makes you? I mean, because this isn't James's first time calling on this topic. No, absolutely. I mean, he not. has called about your birth gender more times than I can think of. He'll talk about you when you're not sitting here as well. It and always amazes me that people like James talk about my gender and sex more than I do. And you're, you know, you're pretty horny. I mean, so, <laughs> but yeah, he's constantly obsessing over your genitalia. And it just says to me, you know, he's into you. I really hope not. <laughs> he's not your type, huh? <laughs> but James, all hope is not lost because coming in 2020 evident or 20. 20- the decade of 2020, the Roaring Twenties, so you just might find yourself a shemale that you can have sex with. It won't be me. You stay down there in Arizona, you lunatic. <laughs> During pandemic epidemics, you get increases in religiosity. Uh, people become more abstentious. They save money. They become risk averse. And we're seeing all of that now, just as we have for hundreds of years during epidemics. Christakis told The Guardian, in 2024, all of these trends will be reversed. As in the Roaring Twenties, which followed the 1918 pandemic, this will plunge humanity into an era of vice and indulgence. Hmm. Finally, something to look forward to. People will relentlessly seek out social interaction, said Christakis, naming sexual licentiousness, a reverse of religiosity, and an economic boom as likely trends. The eventual outcome is fairly predictable, he said, because the ongoing pandemic, although novel to those alive today, is not a new phenomenon in human history. One of the arguments in the book is that what's happening to us may seem to so many people to be alien and unnatural, but plagues are not new to our species. They're just new to us. Past pandemic. Plague? This is really? not a plague. Coronavirus? Yeah. I didn't know whether to stop and address that or not, but the absurdity of referring to this as a plague... What are you thinking, man? Well, it's just the same narrative of, you know, taking whatever the government says and parroting it as though it's the truth when, you know, the real plague resulted in a tremendous number of humans perishing and actual risk, actual danger to people that were around back then. I think it was the only time in human history that the death rate exceeded the birth rate for a brief period. What what we haven't seen before is the incredible overreaction to something so normal to what is essentially and you looked up the flu numbers i don't know if you set them on the air but they were way turned out they were way down which they is were lower weird. than any reported year for the last decade yeah so what's that about um are they testing the flu and marking it down as coronavirus what does that even mean why you know, how are the numbers so so low on that but We've all been through colds and flus, and we've had these you know, difficulties in our lives, and we've survived them. And for those that haven't, then they haven't. But it hasn't been anything worth remarking. It hasn't been anything unusual. There's over a million people that die of TB, tuberculosis, every single year, and nobody freaks out about that. So it's like... This is the only the only thing that's different now is everybody's flipping out. And this would be the exact same if the flu were treated the same... If the, if the 
the media and the government treated the flu like they're treating coronavirus, where there's constant updates on how many people have gotten the flu, constant updates on how many people have died from the flu, constant updates about where the flu is spreading and how, uh, you know, what per- to what percentage of the population, and constant updates about how many people are in the hospital. It would it's just keeping people's attention over something that's essentially unremarkable. And I mean, 99.98 or 96% survival rate, that's unremarkable by definition. And a lot of people want that. A lot of people are arguing now that, yes, every year during flu, she- flu season, we should mask up. We should socially oh, distance God. every year. I don't want to live in that society. I do not either. Unfortunately, these lunatics took over the entire globe, it would seem, yeah. and there's nowhere we can go to have a society that isn't full of lunatics. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is here because it's not clear how many people out there are the real lunatics and they're totally afraid of all of this and how many of them are people that just want to avoid conflict. I mean, my own roommate was in here who – now, he's had a dramatic turnaround over the last year. He started yes. out being literally afraid, but that was, to be fair, at a time when people didn't really know anything at all about this, um, which, of course, you know. To me, if it's the government saying a thing, I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna believe it. But you know, he kind of bought in. He's he's turned that around. He's against all this nonsense now. But he still wore a mask out today, and actually was around a bunch of nuns at the grocery store who weren't wearing masks, and a lady at the checkout who wasn't, which inspired him to take it off. He should have never had it on in the first place. So there's a lot of people like that that are against him, but still wear them. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Freedom! Freedom is the call of the untamed Scotsman and all others that want to feel the wind under their kilts. At Free Talk Live, we love the breezy, swinging feeling that only a kilt from Sport Kilt can give. We teamed up with Sport Kilt to let you experience their form of freedom at a discount. Go to kilts.freetalklive.com and see a picture of Richie and me in our kilts. And then head over to sportkilt.com. Get some stylish freedom for yourself and use code FTL for a 10% discount. Sportkilt.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. The only show where you can call in and talk about anything that's on your mind. That new toll-free number, it's not toll-free, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria and Ian, and we're still working on some of the technical things, like this music bed seems to go on a little long. But we're talking about... uh, Not really. I mean, less than 30 seconds or so. I I think it was 40 seconds. Yeah. I wasn't really, like, counting. We're working on some things, though. But anyway, so we're talking about the upcoming Roaring 2020s, according to this uh, Yale professor, I think it was. He actually makes a good point here. The article is pretty much over, but he does make one good point. Past pandemics also have shown that it is the disease itself and not the government's response, which is most directly causing the current financial fallout. Now, that's not entirely true. It's mostly true. Even if the government had never locked down, the level of fear around this thing is so high that most of the restaurants and bars and stuff would be closing anyway. Well, I mean, you said even if the government had never locked down... Part but the of government the fear, created the fear. Right. Part of right. Part of the fear is from the lockdowns, meaning that it, people think that if the government gang didn't think this was as serious as a problem as they think it is, then they would never have locked down. So they believe that the lockdowns are an extension of the danger of the thing, when in fact it's not true at all. The lockdowns are just for power, but they don't. You know, people don't think about it like that. 
Many people seem to think it's the actions of our government that are causing the economy to slow. That's false, he said. Well, no, that's it's sort of true, but it is the the fear mongering being done in large part by the government and the corporations that work hand in hand with the government yeah. to create this level of fear in people. That's what is causing the economy to slow. Even if the lockdowns weren't in place, the level of fear, as we were talking about, is so high surrounding this absolutely inconsequential virus that people would still be staying at home. But the lockdown yeah. certainly did feed into that fear. Well, and even of those who aren't afraid of, per se, the virus, there are those who are afraid of being misperceived of as disrespectful. So I'll mm-hmm. once go back to, uh, to my roommate, since because we had this conversation with him tonight. Uh, where he went to a grocery store here in the area, and he encountered uh, he was he put a mask on, which I didn't realize he w- he'd been doing because he seems to be pretty much against them. But he, sometimes it's not worth the hassle. If I just want to go in and buy a pack of cigarettes, so it's that's part, that's part of the problem, Aria. And I don't I, disagree. I mean, right. So the fact that you just want to go and do the thing without the potential for a hassle is. Uh, you're you're creating whether it's your intention or not you're creating mask world you're helping create a world in which if someone else walks into that store without a mask on they're the only one who doesn't have a mask on whereas if you were to walk in without a mask on then someone else were to walk in then they would have somebody who is like them who is in that store and that's an important thing for people who are sort of of the resistance to be able to identify who else is is on our side, uh, so to speak, because otherwise it just creates this sort of oppressive atmosphere where it looks like everyone you're around is totally obedient. But he gave up another reason as to why. So it was it wasn't just he had two reasons. One was he didn't want to hassle. But then he ended up taking the mask off anyway because he was actually encouraged to because there were so many other people in the store that didn't have them on. He felt silly wearing his at that point so that's again it's there's a real social thing going on with a lot of this yeah um so going in there and obeying but he also used a second uh reason and his second reason was well it's the store's rule and it's private property and i'm like no it's not it's not the store's rule that you wear a mask yeah there's a sign on the door but that's only there because somebody told them that it had to be there. Yeah, most of them won't actually be like, hey, no, you have to wear a mask in right. here. And if they do, okay, right? Like if they're crystal clear to me and they come up to me and they say, sir, you can't be in here without a mask on. And I say, I'm medically exempt. And then they say, well, we don't care. You have to leave unless you're going to put a mask on. I'll leave. And, you know, if that's the way it was actually, you know, out there, if that were actually happening on a significant basis, that would be very bad. But it's not. That's not happening to me at all. There's only one place that has been real clear with me, and that's my mailbox store here in Keene where, you know, I have a – it's called the Shipping Shack. I go there and I get my mail. You know, they they receive mail and packages and things like that for me, and I've been a longtime customer there. I've been been there for the last decade uh, of my life. And when they informed me that there were going to be a mask mandate inside the store, they told me personally, and I explained to them that, well, I'm not going to be wearing a mask, so what are my options? And they said, well, you can go out, you can wait outside, you can call us, and we'll bring your mail out to you. Which, whatever, I mean, it's more work for them, Sure. ultimately. It's a little more inconvenient for me, but now I don't have to carry my key around anymore. All I just have to do is call up and tell them I'm outside, and, and they bring my mail out to me. So that's fine, but they made it clear that they didn't want me in the store. Didn't matter what my, you know, objection might be. They just didn't want me in the store. 
totally cool. Now I know that's your your policy. But just because there's a sign that was mandated by the government on the door, I know there are exemptions, and I have those exemptions. And so if I bring up one of those exemptions, if I were to be confronted about it, and the only time I've been confronted about it was this one bank. Right. Uh, two, two banks, technically. I guess Citizens Bank also did it, but I just decided to not go there. Um, but this other bank I had to go to, and and sadly, I put a damn mask on because I had to do something in that bank. See, for me, it's a matter of picking and choosing battles. I can't fight every battle on every front. I do what I can when yeah. I can. But it's not a battle. You know, it's not like this isn't like you're going to be going up against a serious opponent that's going to try to take you out or something like this. This isn't a, a huge challenge. It's just walk into a place with the confidence that you will be not messed with. And in the case of and – and it seems like they're messing with women more so than with men, at least other customers in the store. Because when I hear about people having an issue, it's not usually coming from store management or store employees. It's usually coming from other people in the store. And I get that people don't want to have those conflicts. I get it. But I just how think long it's a you, poor use of time and energy. But how long do you want to go on with this? Because the longer you keep going along with this – the longer this is going to go on. Well, I choose to go to stores where I know it's not going to be a problem. Well, that's good. There, there are very rare occasions where I will put on a mask to go in and buy a pack of cigarettes. Do and- you go into uh, Campus Convenience with a mask on? No. It says masks required, no exceptions on I the door. I know it does, okay. but they, they clearly create exceptions. That's right. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the signs don't actually mean what they say. So I cannot take them seriously. I will not take it. Point. I will not take it seriously until someone takes me seriously enough to look at me in the eyes and tell me I'm not welcome if I'm wearing a mask. And it doesn't take that much time. I guess not. Yeah. But still, if it's three o'clock in the morning and I need to pack a cigarette, and the closest store requires me to wear a mask, I'm just going to put on a mask and go. But buy they a pack don't of require it. That's the point. Some of them do, and some of them don't. You only know that they do if they've told you you cannot come in even with a medical ex- objection or exemption. If that's what they've told you, then they're requiring it. But otherwise, it's not required. There's an exemption. I don't find the private property argument to be a very strong one anyway. How, how can you claim to be private property while you're standing there enforcing the laws of the state? Mm-hmm. At that point, your business is state property. Yeah, well, you've got a state license. Yeah, and they'll take that away. Right, and that's why people are putting all the signs up, because they're afraid of losing their license. But eventually, all of this crap will go away, according to this Yale professor. Well, he doesn't... He says 2024. Yeah, which is a long way... That's well, half, almost half a decade. That's when he's expecting the recovery to really be mm-hmm. blossoming, and these wild sex parties and hedonism, and who knows? I think you're going to see it sooner. Uh, you, you've pro- there's so already well. been There's already been things in the news over this year about parties being busted up. You know, we've seen it in New York City, for instance, not just the um, obviously the, the Jews, the Hasidic Jews have had some amazing gatherings, but those were religious gatherings. But there there were some parties. And I think I've seen stories about sex parties specifically. So I think you're there's some of this stuff is already happening. It's just not being busted, perhaps. Maybe they're keeping it quiet. Maybe they're being real judicious. About What's the who point of having a sex party if you're going to keep it quiet? I would I would be judicious about who I'm inviting. That's what I'm saying about who you're inviting to it. Um, I don't see any reason not to make it known. Hey, yeah. Or you here at this date? Have a good time. Well, because you don't want the cops coming. What wasn't there a story about the cops busting up a sex party, and the sex party participants thought it was part of the show, and they started taking the pants off of one of the cops? I have not heard this. It's story, hilarious. But I need to hear this yeah. story. <laughs> they thought they were like dressed up, that it was just you know a gag. 
Oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> 603-283-6160. I can't think of anything that would be more hilarious, though, than the cops arresting me for having a legal sex party. <laughs> 603-283-6160 is the new number. We're going to talk about video games here in a moment and how they're bigger than cinema. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Take control of the airwaves. Give us a call, 603-283-6160. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And you can join us at ForkFest 2021. As long as Rogers Campground continues to exist, ForkFest will be happening there June the 28th through July the 4th. It's ForkFest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's decentralized. No one is in charge. There's no ticket cost. All you have to do is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June the 28th through July the 4th. And that's it. That You're there for Fork Fest. And we're better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. If you're planning something for Fork Fest, though, because last year there was a poker tent, there were, there were two or three party tents, we even put on a live concert. Yeah, it was awesome. Let people know in advance. You can do that with the unofficial Telegram chat or the Fork Fest forum. You can find links to those on the unofficial website, forkfest.party. So June the 28th through July the 4th, come up to Rogers Campground. We'll see you, we'll see you there. Forkfest.party. As we were discussing previously, or as we... I don't know what the word is. Video games are a bigger industry than sports and movies combined. Well, and, and it was, I don't know, like a decade ago, we talked about it when video games made that threshold. They crossed that point of becoming larger as far as the revenue in any given year, uh, larger than blockbuster movies, block, than the entire Hollywood movie industry. That was a while back. So now it's movies and sports. I don't think it's fair, though. It, what do you mean? To, to look, well, sports and movies are drastically down this year. Uh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, certainly movies are, are down, no doubt about that. I mean, there's almost none of them are being released at all. Sports are definitely down as well, but still, I mean, it's still a big deal to be able to say that this new thing, or relatively new in the scheme of things, right, video games, uh, is now the largest by monetary, you know, totals form of entertainment out there compared to what were previously two of the largest bread and circuses you know or the circuses yeah. side of uh, bread and circuses because what else point. what's bigger than sports and movies video games but, i mean up, up until <laughs> i mean right. was is there any i can't think of i mean certainly not like broadway uh theater no it's not that like what what else could it be what else i mean obviously Live people concerts, have hobbies maybe? Yeah, concerts are. Hmm. I don't know what kind of numbers hmm. they're actually pushing though. They're not pushing any right now. Yeah, right now that one's dead. So yeah, you could you could probably add concerts in here too if we knew what those numbers were. So video games have grown to resemble competition-based interactive movies, and the COVID nineteen mm-hmm. pandemic has propelled the industry to make more money than movies and sports combined. Partially yep. because video games are a combination of both movies and sports that an average person can actually participate in. Meaning it's competitive on at least the online ones? Yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of the term esports because if there's no act- physical activity, I'm not sure that I can consider it a sport. And- That's interesting that, that you would say that because you're a 
you're a bigger gamer, I would say, than than even I am. I mean, I I like games, but I just don't have time to play them. And I know your time's been restricted this year too, because we've been so busy doing other things. But I feel the same way. I'm like, yeah, you're moving your thumbs and your your fingers around, but you're not really getting any meaningful exercise. But see, I consider chess a sport, hmm. but not video games. Chess, however, as proven by Bobby Fischer, does require you to be, maintain your physical fitness in order to truly excel at it. But does it? still, why? Uh, mind and body. Okay, if your mind healthy. is not fit, sure, yeah. you got to think fast. But I don't chess. consider esports to be sports, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, well, I I got to agree with you. Although I don't know if I want to give chess a sport. Uh, I feel like you have to have some sort of physical exertion in order to for it to be a sport, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, it does involve a lot of stamina, I guess. To play chess? Yeah, some of these like Grandmaster tournaments can have like eight-hour games. So yeah. global video game revenue is expected to surge 20% to 190, $179 billion in 2020, according to IDC data, making the video game industry a bigger moneymaker than the global movie and sports industries combined. The global film industry reached $100 billion in revenue for the first time in 2019. Oh, so it's comparing video games today to movies and sports from 2019, before COVID-19. Yeah. According to the Motion Picture Association, while PwC estimated global sports would bring in more than $75 billion in 2020. Well, the movie numbers are from 2019. The sports numbers evidently are from 2020. Huh. Both of these industries suffered from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, however, while the video game industry is expected to show double-digit growth this year, following high single-digit growth in the previous two years. Yeah, all right. So the dictionary definition of sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill. And I'm sorry, I just don't think playing chess, while I, I, and I don't mean to, sure. to say that the chess players are you know, insignificant. I, they're obviously very, very intelligent people. I mean, I couldn't play chess like that. I mean, if I if I play chess, I'm just sitting there like, okay, now what's the next move? And I have to try to figure out like what all the possible moves are, and I have no experience, very little experience playing it, so you probably would crush me. Um, but it's not the same as like running across a soccer field or swinging a tennis racket or something that actually involves some sort of physical prowess. It involves mental prowess, which is sure. important, but to me, it's not a sport, and neither is esports. I consider chess a sport. I don't know why. I can't make the argument for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, surely it doesn't fit within the definition of what you just said. Okay, here's a question for you. If chess is a sport, then is playing chess online with somebody a sport? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> what's the difference? Well, the difference is that if you're playing in an actual chess game, you have to remain seated at the table. You have to stay focused. And you can't just get up and go get a cup of coffee or have well, you a can cigarette play or an something. Online, you can play an online game that requires focus. Yeah, but you always have the possibility of just getting up and going and getting a cup of coffee or a cigarette. Not if it's like speed chess or whatever. Well, I hate speed chess. Well, I, I've never played <laughs> speed chess. That to me is like way too intimidating. I can't think that fast. I'm going to. I can't either. I won't even that, know if I'm losing. With it. Yeah. I'll probably be losing. I won't even know. But my point is, what's the difference? There is no know, difference. <laughs> I can go get a cup of coffee if I'm sitting down playing chess with you too. Yeah, but you'll get um, for, you'll You're forfeit yell the at game. Me? No, no, I, no, I won't. I'm, I want a cup of coffee. You can go get your cigarette. I'm going to go well, get I'm a cup. Competitive play, right? Like in okay. a tournament room. Like if you just get up and walk away to go do something for a few minutes, you, you forfeit that game because they don't you're know that you're not cheating. Here. 
You're I'm scraping not, look, here. You I'm can sa- play competitive chess online. And I it's told probably you the same I wasn't going to make the argument yeah. that chess is a sport. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sticking with that. I'm saying, I don't know. All right. To me, there's an exception there. I don't okay. know. So whether or not chess is a sport, video games, I, ha- I have to say, as someone who has played video games their entire life yeah. and who hasn't really played any lately, but when I did play games, it was these esports types games like Smite and other things like that, and I still don't consider them to be sports. No, I don't either. But some people do, so I don't think there will be a deceleration as soon as effective, cheap, globally available vaccines get out there over the course of 2021. But I'm quite sure at the end, there will still be billions of potential people that will need vaccines. And how in the hell did this article about the growth of video games suddenly become a conversation about vaccines? I hate it. You can't get away from it. This is how they brainwash people. Mm -hmm. But by video people who are interested in video games who may not be paying attention to the news suddenly they're inundated with this crap all over the place and they're doing this in music articles any kind of article that you can think of to read about there will be something about COVID-19 and vaccines some sort of fear-mongering nonsense inside of it hopefully this article gets back into gaming we're going to tell you all about it 603-283-6160 is the call-in number and do you think gaming is a sport if you think it is I want to hear from you I don't know if we do. But yes, we do want to hear from you. 603-283-6160 is the call-in line. What if the United States and the Soviet Union had fought on land, sea, air, and the astral plane, struggled for dominion across parallel dimensions, or on the surface of the moon? What wonders would have been unveiled? What terrors would have haunted mankind from those dark and dismal dimensions? Come closer, peer through a glass darkly, and discover the horrifying alternative visions of World War III from some of today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror, Weird World War III. Available now from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and you can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. What's on our mind, though, is whether or not esports or these other sort of digital competitions are actually sports. Ian and I both agree on this, except in regard to chess, where I stubbornly disagree without having any actual justification for doing so. <laughs> but we don't think that esports are actually sports. Maybe you disagree. No. Let us know. 603-283-6160. It might be fun. It might be competitive. But it's not physical. No, not at all. No. I want to say thank you to Joe, who is tonight's amplifier. This means he's a member of the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's money that is used strictly to help Free Talk Live get promoted out there, to get on more radio stations and all of that. Joe is a gold-level amplifier, which means he chooses to give $10 per month to the AMP program. We don't ask that. All we ask is all we ask is $5 per month to get in. Because with the number of cool little perks like an AMP-only Facebook group for those who aren't just perpetually banned from Facebook like I am... And an AMP-only call-in line, an AMP-only chat room on the Matrix server, I believe. It comes with a number of cool little things like that. So thank you, Joe. Be sure to check it out. AMP.freetalklive.com. AMP.freetalklive.com. Possible exception. What about those games where you actually do have to get physical? 
So there's like like I the think DDR the, type games. Yeah, DDR Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, that was probably one of the the original ones. But actually, way back in the day, in, in Nintendo Entertainment System days in the 1980s, they had this pad that they came oh, out yeah, with for, for track, track and, and field. field. Yeah, yeah. And you'd like you'd like sort of run up, you know, like running in place basically. And so there was a little bit of action. You know, you you would get tired, right? Like if you kept playing that particular game, or um, you would just get down and use your hands like a that's drum. That's the cheater like, version yeah. of, uh, of it, but. <laughs> But even then, you're still doing more than than playing yeah, with a, a gamepad. Well, what about the Nintendo Wii then? The or Wii, the Kinect, right. or any of these other. Right. So I think the lines are starting to blur when you when you talk about those games where you're actually if you can get winded from you know from playing a game if your arms are starting to hurt because you've been swinging this thing around you're actually getting some exercise. In fact, there are some games. But uh, is it exercise or is it actual physical exertion? Well, I mean, well, physical me... exertion will is exercise. I mean, that's what the same thing. Um, yeah, you're exerting yourself, so you're exercising. Right, you're that wasn't calories. how I meant to phrase that. Is it really just that's football? Isn't just exercise though? Well, there's competition involved. I guess there is competition involved yeah. in these sorts of games too, like right. like tennis on the Nintendo mm-hmm. Wii. I don't, man. It hurts me to consider that a sport, though. I'm going to give it to it. I'm I'm going to give those games the you know ding. You're a sport. Okay, congratulations. Because you can actually get tired. In fact, there's even like from what I've seen recently with I think it's Nintendo or or maybe it's all these things now that they've all got similar controllers now, right? With like the motion. Yeah, they all have some sort of VR yeah. thing, like the new Jedi games where you're hitting these glowing blocks with your fake lightsabers or whatever. Yeah, and then there's uh, apparently there's actually like exercise games, so they're not actually sports per se because you're not competing with any ex- anyone except for yourself, right? Because it's just your own for your own exercise. But like the idea is to make exercise fun and interesting for people so like doing a home exercise routine these games actually make that more fun for people because you're like getting a score and you're trying to achieve certain things in the game i've never i've never played them personally but i know that they do exist Um, so those aren't technically sports because they're not competitive but it is interesting to see video games kind of coming into like like they always used to be parents used to hate video games right because you know when when, uh when i was growing up it was oh you know johnny you got to go outside because you're gonna just waste away you know playing video games well now you don't have to you can actually like get some exercise playing some video games although i suspect it's still a very small minority of the the catalogs that are available like that even if they're not you know playing these sort of exercise games or these physical games the the trend of gaming has turned around substantially that i can't imagine there are too many parents out there who's like no you need to stop playing these video games and go outside and play because video games have just become so common and so accepted in widestream mainstream culture yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would be a question for our younger listeners out there. You know, do any of you have parents who are telling you you've got to go outside and play? Because now, now that uh, people are so afraid of coronavirus, I imagine that uh, kids have even more excuses than ever to uh, to stay inside. I think it's kind of sad, personally. I do too. The video game, and industry- I say this as somebody who loved video games growing up. But you know, now you've got parents who are t- literally telling their kids not to go outside. That's, That's tragic. bad. I loved my video games growing up too, but I also did things like skateboarded and played sports and, you know, was physically active outside. Ran around the the forest with my friends and things like that. But the video game industry has boomed in recent years because of the variety of ways to play games. And they've actually got the numbers here. It's pretty fascinating. The mobile market is growing faster than any of the others. Behind it is See, now that's something I don't understand. I just don't I don't get the the attraction to mobile gaming for me. It's like I have no interest in playing these mobile games. 
None whatsoever. Number one, I don't want to kill my phone's battery because I actually use my phone for work. Um, And number two, it's just like they seem so insignificant. Like games to me are more insignificant to me now than they've ever been because life is so interesting in comparison to them. But like mobile games seem even less significant to me than like they're all time wasters until you die, basically. But mobile games seem like even a greater waste of time. Well, the the bulk of them certainly are, but you can get actual quality games like the earlier Final Fantasy games have released on the Google Play Store. Okay, so So they're reworking like some some classics on mobile. So there are some actual quality games on there. Sure. You know, you might want to play it at a doctor's office or something like that, but I still don't get it. Is the idea that these people are like sitting around at home playing Final Fantasy Four on their phones? In which yeah, case, why, why would not you just, want to play on your phone? Yeah, just play it on your PC or your right. Switch or whatever. This is the same reason why I don't understand why somebody would watch a video on their phone. It's like only unless the only reason I would watch any sort of video on a phone is if there was no other way that I could possibly watch it, and I had to, I felt like I had to watch it right then. You know, then I would, then I would watch, and even then I would only be able to tolerate something short. Like, I wouldn't want to sit there and watch, like, you watch a movie, people watch movies on their phones? I can't imagine doing that. Really? To me, phones are, are useful and not useful. You know, these kind of people who create, turn their phone into their entire multimedia center like that, Mm -hmm. they're probably also the type that's just on Facebook 24-7. And, you know, this is how technology ultimately becomes destructive of the individual and their need to socialize Mm -hmm. and things like that. If you have this device on you all the time that you can use to disconnect from your actual reality and you're using it to disconnect from your actual reality, then there's an actual problem. Yeah. But mobile games are growing and this doesn't include um, ad-based revenue, which I have to imagine is a pretty large chunk of most mobile games. Hmm. Because if you go to the Google Play Store and you t- look for the top grossing games, every single one of them is a free-to-play game. Okay. I think the only one in the top 100 that's paid for is actually Minecraft. Hmm. But it's Minecraft, so it's enormous. So the video game industry is booming because of the variety of ways to play games. Gone are the days when all one had to track were console sales and games sold for their respective consoles and PCs. Really, all they're adding is... Digital game sales, mobile games, in-app purchase, freemium games, cross-platform games, streaming game services, games and subscription models. Good God, there are too many different ways to play games. I'm not a fan of this gaming as a subscription model crap because I'm not a fan of... Give me an example. What does that mean? Like World of Warcraft. Where you got to pay monthly? Yeah. But it, it's beyond that. They want to turn pretty much every game into one of these, you just constantly paying money just to continue accessing the game. Even single yeah. player games. I, oh, I, single player. They I do expect this too. the next Elder Scrolls to be one of these types of games. Well, you can count me out. Yeah, same here. Because the I think his name is it's not Tim Cook. That's the Apple guy. I don't remember the guy who heads up Bethesda. But I mean, he's actually in an interview lamenting the fact that oh, people are playing Skyrim ten years later, and we just have no way to make any money from it. It's it's so tragic. So yeah, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna shovel this crap into the next Elder Scrolls. I have no doubt about that, about that. And I'm not a big fan of Steam because you mm-hmm. don't own any of the games that you buy from Steam. Right. The reason I let Steam slide is because it's on a PC platform. And if Steam ever closes my account, no big deal. I can just go on the Pirate Bay and download cracks for any of the games sure. that I have. And they'll be working again in 30 seconds. Right. So it's not a major inconvenience. Not like with the Amazon Fire tablet or whatever, where if Amazon closes your account, you lose all That's of it. your books, all of your movies, everything, with no way to recover any of it. So... Consoles are getting bigger, bitter, bigger and better, and with the new ones just releasing, I don't know anything about these things, so 
I, neither. I know that they released, and I missed the PS4. It. I didn't buy that thing. I, I didn't either. Did you buy one? What do you think? Do you feel disappointed? Do you wish you had just gotten a better video card like you should have? 603-283-6160. <laughs> Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and you can call in and talk about anything that's on your mind. If you're not, you can't get on the air with us any longer at this point. If you haven't called yeah, already, much. you'll have to call back tomorrow night. That number, the new number. I mean, we could take somebody on screen if we wanted to. True. I mean, the dump button is more efficient yeah. under these circumstances. Yeah, we've so. got a better setup now. We haven't mentioned that now. Uh, now we can be more forgiving yeah. to people. If you make a mistake... And you say something you're not supposed to say. If we want to, we could keep you on. Yes. But not if it's intentional. We're, yeah, if it's intentional, you're done. 603-283-6160 is the new call-in number. 603-283-6160. If you have something on your mind, call back tomorrow. We'll get you in. Breaking news. Uh, it appears the city of Nashua has voted against the curfew. Well, that's good at least. Yeah. Yeah, so the city of Nashua here in New Hampshire was evidently proposing a curfew because, I mean, we all know that the coronavirus attacks in the dark. <laughs> but evidently, uh, in a surprising move, I would say, considering how strict they have otherwise been, yeah, they have they, actually voted against the curfew. Yeah, they do have a very strict mask mandate in Nashua. It's the worst in all of New Hampshire, but at least they got this one right. Well, a broken clock is right twice a day. Apparently, 11 of the city aldermen voted against it. I don't know how many they have total, but that sounds like a decent number voting it down. Well, let's go to the phones. We've got Britton calling. Britton, you're on Free Talk Live. I uh, wanted to uh, argue that uh, chess is a sport. It's more of an endurance sport. Really? Um, I've been at chess tournaments where, you know, on the last day of the tournament, um, I was just too fatigued, and even in winning positions with money on the line, I sort of collapsed and uh, um, and, and lost games. And it was mainly because of fatigue. Because uh, you know, if you're in a three-day tournament where the games can be three or four hours apiece, um, you know, by that fifth or sixth game on on Sunday, um, you might not just really have it in you to, to um, finish it out. So, so you're saying this is um, a mentally taxing, you're fatigued mentally? Uh, definitely mentally. I think that that's uh, probably where more of it comes from, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in like you get brain fatigue, but uh, in all these games, you're uh, it's like a conflict of wills. You're, you're at battle with these other people. That's at least the, that's the way that I see it. And mm-hmm. that gets very draining. That, um, but is it draining physically like, in a struggle? So, I mean, it's not ex- an exertion in the traditional way, but you're saying it is a different type of exertion to where your 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 arms aren't tired, your legs aren't tired, but you yourself are physically taxed by playing this game in some way. That your body is being, uh, you know, energy is being withdrawn from it in some sort of manner. Well, it's certainly going to force their brain there, to work harder and faster. There, there is a difference in that you are sitting still um, mm-hmm. as opposed to playing soccer or football you're running around. Yeah. But I think there's a huge similarity in this, what I call the conflict of wills, that uh, it doesn't matter what sport you're playing. That is what 
the sport is. It's the conflict of wills. I don't think that the, the def- dictionary definition that there must be physical exertion really uh, uh, matters there. I, so I think then, that, do you um, qualify the physical exertion? Do you then qualify video games as a sport? Um, I think that it's similar. They are similar to chess in that uh, you do have to be physically um, fit in order to uh, be comfortable in the position that you're in when you are competing. Um, and, and most I'm pretty sure athletes, most of the people who beat do, me in some of these games are really are fat neck beards, not in any sort of physical shape whatsoever. No, most uh, esports athletes do have physical fitness regimens. They, they're working out once or twice a day, and and it's very important for them to do that so that their body does not get so fatigued in the course of their training. I mean, one of the sad things about esports athletes is sometimes their training is sixty, seventy, eighty hours a week, and that's ridiculous. Um, but their that physical fitness is there because well, they I don't are compete in esports. I, I mean, video games in general. Even if we allow that this category of people who are competing professionally for millions of dollars in StarCraft II are athletes, what about the people who are just playing StarCraft II competitively in their home? Is that a sport? Hello? Are, we, are you still That's with us? Interesting. Um, I, I, I definitely say that there's a, there's a line there somewhere that uh, somebody smarter than me would have to define. That was pretty much where Ian and I came to a a mis-disagreement in regard to chess. You know, I I would argue that chess is a sport, but it's not within me to make the argument, and I'm aware of that. But I'm still going to say that video games aren't sports. Barring, and I hate to say this, the, the ones that Ian mentioned, like Wii Tennis and stuff like that, that require actual physical exertion. Yeah, I mean, I would be interested to see... If there was any kind of study looking at two sets of gamers, right? Looking at the set of gamers that are horrifically overweight and then the set of gamers that does what uh, Britain's saying and they're working out once or twice a day. Uh, Does that actually make a difference in their performance? Does that make it, you know, if you're in better physical shape, are you better able to press buttons, you know, faster? I I can't imagine Um, it does. uh, Yeah. I understand the correlation between physical, being in physical shape and being better at chess Mm -hmm. but they're not playing chess and there hasn't ever been a video game that requires the level of strategic and tactical thinking that chess involves i bet there's some gamer out there that's yelling at their uh (laughs) their speaker right now (laughs) i mean they can try try, but the closest uh, thing we would have would be something like civilization five or civilization six but in the level of nuances and complexity chess is hands down the most complex game humans ever invented well i actually i would say that go is probably more complex than chess in that regard go is is, uh um Super interesting and, and deep when it when it gets into go is the game that nerds tactics. talk about when chess doesn't impress people enough. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Is it a board game? What is it? what is it? Go is uh, it's a Japanese game that uh, you've got black and white stones and it's basically a territorial. Oh. Uh, you place the blacks the, the, your stones um, ah. on the board to gain as much territory as possible, and whoever has the most territory at the end of the game wins. I see. I've seen this game. I didn't know what it was called. Well, Britton, thank you so much for the call. Um, you make good points. Interesting. It, it is. 
But I don't think that, you know, I can exercise to stay in shape to play the guitar if I wanted to, but that doesn't make <laughs> doesn't make you better, though. Right. I mean, there's plenty of overweight guitar players, right? Eddie Van Halen exercised every single day through most of his career, and I need to make him a better guitar player. I mean, it might get you more groupies. It might. I'm sure it did in his it case. It doesn't hurt. And that's probably a fact. I bet you that's a factor with the esports guys, too, right? Because, you know, there's got to be gamer groupies now, right? I hope there's got to be. <laughs> I know intellectually that you're probably right, yeah. but I want to believe that you're not. There are women that attend these events. And I mean, obviously, there's going to be the the like gaming is more attractive to women now than it's ever been. When I was sure. growing up, it was sort of like a thing that guys did. And it wasn't really you never really saw games for girls or anything like that. I mean, every now and then there'd be like a Barbie doll game that would come out. But it's like this one off game. There's almost never any games that focus on that. And those were Uh, never good games. Right. And now you actually do see women playing games. Like if you go on uh, the various different gaming uh, streaming sites, there are women that there's obviously the women that play games just because they have, uh, you know, womenly parts. They want to show them (laughs) off and make make money. Uh, but then there are the ones that really are playing them for real and are seemingly genuinely interested in them. One of my female friends actually recommended a mobile game to me that she's been playing a lot. I, I don't think she's ever going to sit around and play a PlayStation 5 or whatever, but mm-hmm. she sure enough is addicted to Among Us. I've heard of it and uh, she has started on my phone. I've never played it. I don't have any desire to. It's simple as you would expect mobile games to be, but it's simple and people like it. Well, we've got Andy calling about the Great Reset. Andy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. What's up, Ian? It's Andy. Hey, Andy. you got uh, about, like, one minute, so be fast. Yeah, um, I was just saying that I don't know if you guys saw thegreatreset.com, but uh, it says, I'll just read it quickly. It says, the pause during lockdown created by the pandemic will result in a 7% decrease in global emissions in 2020. The U.N. states that we need a decrease of 7.6% every year until 2030 to avoid climate and ecological disaster. This means we need to maintain the same decrease uh, activity every year uh, as if we were living in lockdown. So they're Great calling reset. for a permanent lockdown. Why do we need to reset? They're calling for a permanent lockdown is what you're saying. <laughs> now, yeah, is the Great Reset? I'd share that one with you before you go to bed. Is the GreatReset.com actually affiliated with these people who are wanting to? Yeah, that's the World Economic Forum. Okay. Well, Check that's... that out. Maybe... Um, talk about that tomorrow but it's pretty freaky absolutely thanks for the information andy i mean we talked about the great reset last week and it's it's pretty horrifying stuff i think it was the wall street journal that had an entire no it was time um, magazine time magazine had an entire section of articles articles about the the great reset and how they're planning to control us for the rest of our lives unless we resist unless we stop putting up with this nonsense it's been Free Talk Live. We've been resisting this nonsense going back more than 10 years. You can find an archive there of all the shows, freetalklive.com. Take off the mask. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, We need a new architecture, 
one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself.